calling Nick Rolovich, the head coach of Washington State football. Welcome back to another episode of Let Me Tell You. Today we have an amazing guest. We have WSU's football coach, Nick Rolovich, and noted Los Angeles Dodgers hater. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Walker. Good to be here. Good to have you. So for the people who don't know who you are, could you give us a 30-second elevator pitch about yourself? I'm not sure what an elevator pitch is. You're talking about from start to finish? No, just a quick, if you were in an elevator and someone asked who you are, what you would say, just really quickly. I might tell them a a story that's not true just to see if I can get them to laugh. That's good, all right. <laughs> uh, grew up in San Francisco Bay Area, San Francisco Giants fan. Go Giants. Uh, yeah, junior college football player to Division One, various levels and various experiences. And I find myself in the Palouse co coaching for uh, Washington State, which I'm very happy about. We're very, happy. We're very happy to have you. Let's get into the Giants real quick. How do you think Gabe Kapler did in his first year replacing the legendary Bruce Bochy. I love Bochy. I love Bochy, but I, I love Dusty Baker too, you know? So, you know, not, not the easiest of years for him, but I, I just, I seem to have a belief in the ownership and the plan that they've had in, in the recent decades. So I'm excited for him. Hopefully they get going and get a little bit more consistency uh, next year. Yeah, I know you saw the prospects come up, Joey Bart, all the good stuff we see. It's building, there's optimism building for San Francisco Giants fans, I think. There should be, there should be. And, and remembering the great, you know, what it took to get to those places of, you know, those, those World Series wins in that area, so. Have you seen them? You obviously, you saw Major League, right? The movie? Yeah. Do you think the manager of Major League sounds like Bruce Bochy? A little bit, yes, I yeah. do. Yes, I got I do. that vibe, yeah, okay. It's fun to see. Some people disagree, some people don't. You know, I cut my hair like Ricky Vaughn and threw out the first pitch at a Hawaii baseball game. Oh, that's awesome. The wild thing, I love it. Yeah, yeah. That thing was money. Solid pitch, too. That You probably can find a video on that. I mean, that's a strike. Right yeah. down the middle? Well, well no. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't just throw up meatballs. I put a little movement on it for you. Ooh. Check it out, Walker. I'm gonna, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll, look. I'll check it out. All right, so let's talk about Hawaii. Yes. When you were a quarterback there, senior quarterback, you led the Rainbow Warriors to arguably one of the bigger upsets in Hawaii history over nine-ranked BYU. What was that game like, and what stands out for you? Seems like a long time ago, such a wonderful experience. What, what sticks out to me was the unselfishness on that football team and a team that had ultimate confidence in what we were doing together as a unit. Uh, there was nobody on the edge, but it was all bought in and just loving each other. And the unselfishness was, was probably the key to, to a lot of the tough moments. And the you know, guys trying to win football games for each other. Now, some of the coaching staff at WSU are your former teammates from Hawaii. Yeah. What was that like? How did you convince them to come on? Were they always just willing to? Like, what is that relationship like with them? Well, well we were together at Hawaii as players. You know, we all got into coaching around the same time. We were together the last few years at, at Hawaii before we got to Washington State together. So that wasn't really. But what was good for all of us was going off away from each other. And so I think we were all together in 2008. And at a certain point in our career, we all split off, learned something new, did something different way, kind of got back together and, and took some of the real core things that, that we believe in and, and been able to, to have some success with it. You definitely have had some success. You were coming off a great win at Hawaii. And then obviously this season wasn't as easy, but there was plenty of room for optimism here. So I think. I hope so. I hope people feel that way. I, I don't, I think there's a lot of stuff we still need to do. There was times where we're playing with the best teams in the league and, and you see turnovers 
taking their toll. You see, I, I just think it's a, it, it, it was a good fight bar guys, but just not fully through the season. And, and, but what they did a great job is, is adjusting to, okay, this guy's out, this guy's out all the, all the things that they had as a, as a, as a team still to, to stick together and, and keep fighting, even though Utah ended probably on the most horrible note you can end a season with, we have to let that fuel us and remember how, what it took to get to that point. We just do got to do more now. Right. It was unfortunate it ended like that, but you did put up tons of points. So there is optimism for your offense moving forward, at least off of the last game. I think the optimism is in the players that are coming back offensively. Incredible amount of playmakers, probably too many to have on the field at the same time. That's my anticipation. The, the O-line returns a bunch. We're, we're, we're excited, but we need to get to work, and it starts you know, pretty soon here, about a week. What, what does it, is that spring ball? Is that what is, starts uh, the week? More winter conditioning, winter conditioning, and then, then you get into the spring ball phase in March. In a lot of schools like Ohio State, Alabama, alumni – play a huge role in football. Even at USC, they influence coaching hires at times. What has been your experience with the Cougar alumni base? I'm a little disappointed in the situation that I haven't got a chance to meet a ton of them in person. Whether it was, you know, early on when I got here, there was opportunity to meet in person and met a bunch of bunch of good guys. But what what's what kind of be the common theme with all the alumni is how much they love their experience, even more after they're gone while they were here. They all hold a very special place in, in their hearts for, for being a Coug. And I think it, it's so common. It, it, it's, and it's, it's all very, a very high enjoyment level of being a Coug. So that excites me a bunch. I hope we can get back to a little bit of normalcy with, with being around people and people in the stands. And, see, you know, I haven't, I've seen this town, right, more in the pandemic than than in what normal times used to be. I, I, I really look forward to the emotions, the atmosphere on game days. Yeah, I am too. I have, I've, I'm a freshman and I missed out, or I'm a sophomore now, but I missed out on half a year there and I've stayed home here. So I'm with you. I haven't seen much of Pullman really. Well, it must have been a good experience uh, as a freshman, seeing games in person and all that. It was very exciting. I was, um, I thought it was great. Once you had, a, if you had a big game, everyone showed up. It was rocking. I love Martin Stadium. I hope yeah. we can get, Martin Stadium back, Beasley, Bowler, everyone just gets pumped with fans. I mean, everyone's doing fantastic this year, so. Right. Especially, I mean, basketball is really, they're doing a great job. They're playing hard. They're playing together. They both came in. Kyle are doing an outstanding job. So recruiting has changed drastically. It's not just, it might have been just about education, location, the coaches. Now it's about how many jerseys you have. It's getting your highlights on ESPN and social media. How did social media change your recruiting process? Well, I think initially it really expanded the time it took you to connect with a, with a prospect. You know, that combined with the huddle software uh, where you can find almost any player in, in, the, in the world. Really? Uh, well, basically the United States, right. but you know, some other people play football. But you can get to their film quicker. You can find them. And, and then it's also a lot, allowed prospects to help in their promotion in recruiting. I think there's a fine line there, find out what's important to you, you know, and not get too deep into social media because that's not the world, you know, the game of football is played in and you're going to have to show up on the field too, but really has helped the ability for people to connect. Right. So it helps you see a wider range of players who might've been undervalued or not recruited as highly. So it's just, it's more of a benefit than it is a nuisance. 
I, I would say so, and it gives you a little bit of an idea of, of that prospect's uh, personality yeah. and character and what, and I mean, everybody, you're, you're a young guy, you, you've heard it how many times, right? Be careful yeah. what you put on social media. And because you, you develop a personality, you de develop a brand or, or a reputation and you just want to give yourself every opportunity. You don't want to close any doors. So speaking yeah. on social media, there was a, a comeback you posted to the Huskies. I think you know where I'm going, but the, your stadium mm -hmm. was built on a garbage dump, I want to say. So I want to know, what was your thought process before you sent out that rich tweet and your response after you got all the feedback? Because I thought it was an amazing comeback. It was great. It showed real personality. Well, I... I had spoken, I wish I remember who I had spoken to, but I would consider him an old timer, you know, been around, seen a lot of Coug games, knew a lot of Coug history. And he mentioned to me that their stadium was built on a garbage dump, an old garbage dump. So I always just remembered that. I mean, I guess I kept the bullet loaded in case I ever needed it, but I got into work early and there was a beautiful sunset, you know, coming up over Martin Stadium. I took a picture and then some, some Husky fan said something stupid and I just... I just, I just, it just popped in my head and I asked it in a question and, and I, and I, I got a lot of respect for the reporter who, uh, you know, actually dug on some history on it and did a story on the history of the stadium. And I thought, I thought it was very harmless, good rivalry banter and, and also with some education in it. I thought it was great. It was really showed that you were all in on the coup spirit, which is, well, as a right. student, I love to see. Well, I, I, I like this place. I think this is a pretty special place to go to school I imagine it's I can't imagine how much fun it is just to be surrounded by a bunch of people that have common happiness of being here and I'd like to see this place with the students you know I, I, even more we miss you guys obviously COVID not going to touch any COVID questions but what is everyone's burned out about that but how do you evaluate players based on this season because it's truncated certain players didn't get to play because of COVID how do you evaluate them in recruiting or no just in general, like co co how would you evaluate your Cougar players on the team? Oh, I think it was, you know, nobody's ready to handle the kind of shock that I think COVID has brought. So it wasn't really a judging of how they dealt with it. It was more making sure they were able to deal with it and get their concerns out. And, and what I do got a lot of respect for them is what they had to go through to play a football game. And I think about what they had to get through to throw play a football game because of COVID and then getting a football game canceled on them because of COVID. That's a real emotional deal. So I give them a lot of credit for their, their strength in that. We can, we can perform much better on the field, uh, even higher levels across the board. But I at least, I know we got some fighters. We got some fighters and, and I'll roll with those guys any day. A couple of players who stuck out to me this year, especially was I, uh, Dallas Hobbs and Jalen Watson. They were really good players, and they, uh, especially Jalen Watson's story, that was incredible. He wasn't working at a, at a fast food place right before he came or something like that. I might be yeah. totally off. Yeah, no, you're on it. Yeah. And shows the Coach Richardson did a great job staying in touch with him. I think he appreciates us continuing to believe in him because he was, that was about, I mean, he was as close as it being over as. A lot of people has ever gotten and, and he's really made it a, a positive story so and, and made you know he's made it himself and, and I'm, i love to see him have success really proud i mean dallas i mean that was one position on our team i thought that really got hit hard throughout the year for different reasons and and he battled through you know all the way up until midway through 
the uh, the Utah game, but no, I thought I thought it showed a lot of fight. Yeah, and then I have two more questions, or one more, sure. and I have a speed round. So you played football, professional football, in NFL Europe and the Arena League. What were those games like? What were the crowds like? How did the just what was that whole travel playing football in Europe like? It was great. In Europe, it was um, you know you had you had beer logos on your jersey. You got in, ingrained into the culture pretty pretty quickly and. You had to. You were living in Europe, and I remember people smoking cigarettes in the in the in the stadium. It was covered, and just blew my mind. But it was a, a great experience. I wish they still had it because it, it would be real enjoyable for a lot of people. Arena League is one of the best games you could watch in person. It is such an entertaining thing. I'm I'm, I'm excited. The Spokane team has, is close by, so I'd like to go see that. That's great for kids. It's great entertainment I, I would love to go see some of those games I mean they've had some good players come out of it too they Kurt Warner my favorite mm-hmm. all-time quarterback is oh, yeah. the guy yeah right. and, uh, they have a much shorter field right smaller you just throw the yeah. ball more yeah and padded walls and nets and it's it's the excitement and speed of it's kind of like hockey where you know when you see hockey in person you got a whole new outlook on it that's what I've heard I have to check out a hockey game in person yeah, yeah they're fun all right, so the rapid-fire question. Are you ready? Okay, yeah. Ferdinand's ice cream or Cougar Gold? Well, Ferdinand's ice cream. Okay, what's your flavor? I always came up a mint chip guy or mint chocolate chip, whatever. I'm still – they're still in my, in my, in my top three. I'm kind of on the, the, the pecan caramel. I forget what that one's called, but chocolate chip is always a great one. I don't know. I, I've only, I, I need to go back there. I need to go get some ice cream. Good. You Thank should. you for the reminder. No problem. I actually just talked to – Morgan Weaver yesterday, and she had the exact same flavors that really? you did. Yeah. What was your initial reaction to Pullman right off the plane? Initial reaction. A lot of snow that day. I think back about that sometimes as I drive around, just trying to take everything in. I don't, it, it seems like a completely different drive after being here about a year. So what struck me the most was people and, and the consistent love and support of, of, of Washington State. It was really encompassing. I mean, it was everywhere, and that's that's fun to be a part of. You're also known for finding creative ways to award scholarships to walk on other players. What's the most creative or the most unique way you've given a scholarship to a player? I think the most trouble we went to was at the WWE match in Honolulu. We got in touch with them and had a we got in the ring. It was awesome. Oh, that's so uh, cool. Yeah. We, we had a hypnotist hypnotize the guys and give a scholarship. That was cool. But I think the first one we did was a young man named Brody Nakama. And it was a pool day and we had taped it to the high dive. And I wouldn't let him jump off the diving board unless Brody went up and jumped off the high dive. And he went up for his teammates and there was a scholarship up there. I thought, I thought that was a pretty special one. All right. That one's pretty good. Those are all my questions. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. I got something to show you. Sure. Watch this. Obviously, since this is an audio-based program, you can't see what Nick Rolovich just picked up. But he went over to his giant glass case in his office and he picked up three autographed baseballs. Buster Posey. Oh, you see that? that's cool. World Series 14. Buster Posey, World Series 12. And Posey 10. So is it safe to say Posey's your favorite? No, nah, I just, they're all three there. Mine, mine's Will Clark, I think. I like, I think I like okay. Will Clark. Robbie Thompson, Kevin Mitchell, Candy Maldonado, Jose Uribe. Those years were kind of my real glory years with the Giants. 
Yeah, I have a I have a Posey jersey. It's in the closet somewhere. I've it's in a frame. I haven't hung it up yet, but it's a signed All Star jersey from him. That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like your San Francisco Seals shirt. Thank and you. Not a lot of people know about the Seals. No, it's I'm I'm diehard Giants fan. I'll I'll watch any game anytime. Twelve innings, to, fourteen innings. I need to watch more. Listen, I love Walker, but he looked like he was eighteen or nineteen. He looked like a young guy. Ben, you should have done this guy right. What, I get him a stripper? What do you want oh, me to do you here? I, mean, I, make, I get him a prostitute? What do you 